0: Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RLP. And joining me once again is the glorious League Freak, you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate?
1: I'm pretty good. It's very, very wet here. Um, extremely wet. It's been raining all night. Um, and, of course, the media makes it out as though if you haven't been building an arc, you're probably going to die but it's just
0: raining it's just raining yeah yeah oh. speaking of uh the media i mean i'm going to get right into this let's do it um it's not like them to beat a story up oh wait a minute yes it is um <laughs> news reports have come out today saying that the 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 night before the broncos um played parramatta and got absolutely annihilated Mm -hmm. Six of their players left the team hotel to go to a a local pub in Surrey Hills and throw a few lobsters into the uh, poker machines there up until about 11 o'clock at night without the knowledge of Broncos management, including coach Anthony Seabold. Your thoughts? Okay, so there's a couple of things here. First of all, rugby league players
1: have a very different day job from everyone else. So they've got to be physically prepared to be at their physical peak from anywhere between 2 p.m. to about 10.30 p.m. at night. So they're not getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning. They've got to be ready at different times. And the Brisbane Broncos, for the most part, play Friday night games. So they've got to be at their physical peak between 8 and 10 p.m. So they don't go to bed at 10 o'clock. They, you know, they don't have their milk and cookies and, you know, fall asleep being read bedtime stories like that. They they have a different, you know, day than what most people have. So when everything's like winding down for everyone else, these guys are wide awake. And what are you going to do? They're in a different city. Do people want them to sit and twiddle their thumbs in the hotel room? Like, you, you know, you would. You'd go out. If they were seen having a meal up until 11 o'clock, would that be okay? They were reported to not be drinking. Like, you know, it, it comes back to, well, you've got to have these, you've got to wear what we tell you and do the activities that we believe are good. Like, I just don't understand what the story is here. And I think that it's it's just a beat up. It's a flat out beat up. I've got no problems with what they did. They if they weren't drinking, fine, not a problem.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at this thinking that the headline should be um, crisis. Rugby league players support local business. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh man, you know, and, and like what if they weren't playing poker machines? If they were just sitting there drinking lemonades, would we have read about this? If they were drinking, if they were in a you know i don't know say they were in the hotel lobby that they stayed at and just talking we wouldn't have heard about this but it's because and it's always a popular pub like it's never an unpopular pub it's never a quiet pub it's oh they went to a popular pub and they were seen out together and there was a group of them and it's like just calm down
0: it's it's never some ramshackle joint that's you know on its last legs about to close its doors yeah. <laughs> um, it's always popular. Um, like they literally,
1: the article says they left before 11pm and only one player stayed behind and he just quietly played the poker machines. Like, I it's very, very strange to me that this is being turned into something.
0: Well, it's because they lost by 58 points to nil. I think if the Broncos had have won this game 58-nil, this mm. story here doesn't see the light of day. Yeah. But what, what this is, is... Fishing for something that's not quite there in the mm. hope that it creates something that leads to another story such as players getting in getting suspended or yeah. you know, someone getting sacked or something like that. If at least that then they go We kind of created a story which created another new story, we've generated our own work. Hooray. Yeah. yeah. And um, if you
1: have a look at the the what is being talked about today in a lot of the media stuff outside of this it's pe- it's like eighty percent of the sports news today is the sports media talking about what journalists have said about events that journalists are talking about. Like it's not
0: about what's actually happened on sporting fields. No, that's right, that's right. There's no one's no no one who's being paid the top the top money anymore is commentating with any analytical nous. Mm. about what goes on on the actual football field. Like, when was the last time you saw any top-line journal at the Sydney Morning Herald or um, the Daily Telly, the Mail, for example, um, who wrote about why the Melbourne Storm was so good on the field or why the Titans were so bad on the field? Yeah.
1: Like, you were just saying... You just were telling me before there was an article about the super-secret way that the Storm are getting good young players... And you were telling me about it, and I'm thinking to myself, contracts? Yeah. There wasn't any super secret thing. It was like they they signed contracts with players.
0: Yeah. They've got (laughs) very, very, very good talent scouts. Yeah. And brilliant recruitment people.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like there was no secret.
0: No. And – Bellamy will tell you himself that he's not the the sole reason why that club's done so well and had so many good players come through there. He's never Mm. taken full credit for it. Mm. He knows that there's good people in there doing a lot of that hard work. Makes his job easier. Leaves him to focus solely on making the team better on the field. Mm -hmm. Any good coach has those people around them. Poor coaches don't have them around them, and they're poor coaches as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's no secret. But this story about the pub thing, um as i said if they if they had have gone to say the local masonic lodge and had say some some uh pepsi max while playing monopoly till 11:30 at night <laughs> yeah do you think anyone would give a shit no nah. i can't see how this is any different the only thing they've done here okay is the the fact that they were on poker machines they've demonized the poker machines to make it look like they're doing something bad mhm yeah that's the premise here. Poker machines are bad. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and they were doing something bad because on the pokies, they weren't on alcohol, but let's find some other vice that we yeah. can attach to them that's negative and build a negative connotation around that and make it out like some sort of massive bloody um, drama that's going on with the club and there's a culture problem and all sort of crap. On. No. You know what? You've nailed it on the head. They looked for a vice.
1: That's what they did, they, and it was gambling. Yeah, and you know it's just unbelievable. And I could think of a million other activities that these players could have done. Like if they had a said that these players were at a golf driving range until eleven p.m., I, I think most people would have been like, "Oh, that's that's actually pretty good. That's like team bonding, you know." But they were sitting around on poker machines. Oh, you know what that means? Oh, it's like what? It's they were chilling, man. Chilling before a game. Um, I don't understand it. Like, I, here's a question for you: the night before a game, keep in mind that that game kicked off at four four p.m.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How late do you think if you'd heard that they were out at, at X a.m. How how late out is too late for a game for you? And I don't know
0: how it works well, for a player. I think what, a professional athlete would be requiring, okay, um, eight hours of decent sleep.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, also need to have breakfast, a bit of light training or something like that beforehand. So, if, I think if they if they're home and or at the hotel and in bed by two a.m. Yeah, to me that would be fine because they'd be getting up at ten. They can have a a breakfast, have a light training run. Mm-hmm. They've still got five hours or so before the game kicks off. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what more needs to be done. It comes down to, to I guess, as to whatever routine and structures they've got in place at the club. Um, yeah, the exactly. The fact that no one at the club mentioned this as an issue in the post-match presser, it got mentioned nowhere. Yeah. Um, some sources, quotation marks, were the ones who had to tell journos about this.
1: Oh, and by the way, the News Limited papers and everything they are writing about this, the company owns part of the Broncos. Yeah. Just just letting so everyone know. So when they say sources and stuff, I'm not saying that there's anything that happened. I'm just saying, you know, News Limited does own I think they're a majority owner of the Broncos.
0: Yeah, they they not own a fair bit of it if they're not. Mm. Um, so, see yeah, it's This story is nothing about trying to create a second follow-up story. That's what it's about. So, you know, tonight's on NRL 360. This is the beauty that the the newsroom have got now, is that Buzz can put out a story on Monday Mm -hmm. in his his Monday column, and then he can, you know, reiterate that even further on NRL 360 that night. Mm -hmm. So he gets good mileage out of it. And then the next night someone will put up some other story like this and then Paul Crawley will come on and and jibber-jabber his way through a conversation and hope that Paul Kent gives him a nod of approval as he's talking (laughs) to say he's on the right track. Um, And so they'll get more mileage out of that. And then hopefully by Wednesday they've stirred up enough shit for a club or a player or an administrator to respond. And then, bang, there's a third story. Yeah, and there's also the stories about – Paul Kent said
1: this on NRL 360, which is now it's become a, I mean, it's nearly a daily thing these days with, yeah. uh, you know, they generate their own content and then they write about the generation of their own content and it's it's not news. It's not rugby league no, news.
0: No, it's not news, but that's right. It's uh, That's what's all about that. Content is king. Yeah. So get it out there. We don't care what it is. Um, and this is something that I was talking with, I think it might have been uh, oh, I don't know. It was someone who who was pretty high in the editorial team at the Telegraph last year, mm-hmm. when they had the public were going pretty heavy on them about all the negative press that they were giving the game. Yeah, and someone said, "Oh, you know, we had so many, this many stories that were positive about the game, this many were negative, and it worked out to be pretty close to a fifty-fifty split." Mm-hmm. But I pointed out to them that the difference is you run the good story once but you run that one bad story every day for a week in the mm. paper, then on NRL 360 and on any other NRL show on Fox Sports. So the one good story and the one bad story, sure, that's, that's legitimate and correct. But you, you run that bad story 10 times harder, 100 times mm. harder than the good story. The good story gets one one mention, that's it. And this is, this is just further example of that is find something, try and make it sound like something negative, they you can bet your bottom dollar. They'll be mentioned on NRL three sixty tonight. Yeah, And there'll be some they'll be badgering the club tomorrow to give them a because they, they won't talk to the club today. There's yep. no point. You want to get the story out today, talk about it tonight, contact the club tomorrow because that's when you get your next day of mileage out of it. Yeah. So it's what it's all about. It's how the system works.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird and, and gross and that just it's why I feel as though a lot of people see a lot of what we see in the media is just noise. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people get wrapped up in it. And I've said a number of times, the best way to enjoy rugby league is just to ignore what's going on in the media. And I know that we're hypocrites saying that because if you listen to our podcast, you're still getting that in some capacity from us. But it's seriously, there's if, if ever you feel as though there's a lot of crap in rugby league that goes on, If you stop watching those shows and stop listening to podcasts, I'll say that too, and just watch the games. Don't watch the pre-game shows. Don't watch the post. Just watch the footy games.
0: You'll enjoy rugby league so much more. Yeah, look, one thing about that, that hypocrites thing, which is inherently correct, but at the same time, I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, it's just clickbait stuff. Don't click on it. But the problem is if the clickbait stuff doesn't get addressed and corrected by people, then it will continue and it will magnify and get worse and worse and worse. The, the reading public, are the they're the balance here. And it's up to some of us to put our head up and say, you know, call it out when it's wrong. Because if yeah. we just keep letting it go by, they'll just keep doing it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's what we try and do on this podcast. Exactly, we try yeah. To... You know, if we see something that's like this story here, you kind of read it and it's just bullshit and you try and add a sort of a level-headed voice to it Um, because this is a story about a bunch of dudes and the cool thing is there's a few different generations of players in the list of players that they they named that went out together and they just went out for a quiet night together uh, before a game of footy. And a big game of footy, yeah, but... You know they they didn't do one single thing wrong, and it's a non-event. It's a non-story. So um, very weird that it's you know it's even been mentioned. So I, it's sometimes you've got to. I guess what we're doing is is sort of standing up for the Broncos because there's a lot of people piling into them right now um, to get their heads on TV to get their pound of flesh, and this is just this is one thing that they shouldn't be doing it over.
0: Yeah, um, I just saw actually the final paragraph of that article. Given the embarrassment of Brisbane's heavy loss, Broncos management will consider fines and possible suspensions for the Poker Machine Bandits. The Bandits, oh my goodness. They've stolen the Poker Machines.
1: This is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Is it any wonder why some of these clubs, and Brisbane's in a weird situation because they're owned by media, you know, company. But uh is it any wonder why a lot of other clubs just want nothing to do with these journalists?
0: Of course. They sit there and they go, Oh, the players when the clubs won't talk to us. You know, you write shit like that. What do you expect? Yeah, why exactly. would they? If you're not gonna make the effort to go out there and be balanced and go, you know what, they write the poke news till eleven o'clock. Is that really a story? No. Don't worry about it. Who gives a shit? The it's not respect you a bit more, but that's but just it's, it's not just guess. that It's like if you're a
1: footy player, right, and somebody comes up to you and says, "Do you want to have a word?" And you know that everything, every single shred of anything that person gets out of the game, they turn into utter trash. Why would you mutter a single si- a syllable to them?'
0: That's you're right. just going to that...
1: take what you say and turn it into trash we, We've seen it today already with uh, Campbell Gillard. Who said that he, at one point, he really didn't enjoy rugby league this year. And I, you know, I read the headline. I was like, what the fuck is this, right? So I read it. And when you just read his quotes, and I always say to people, just read quotes. You read his quotes, and it's completely understandable how he was feeling. I, yeah. I had no problems with it.
0: No. But, you know, they link it to the fact the team is going poor, and this is a sign of discontent amongst the club, and, you know, clearly he's lost the room or whatever it is and it, yeah. they, they expand it out like that and i haven't read it yeah. so i'm just guessing that's how it went oh yeah you, you nailed it you nailed it because <laughs> that's how it all starts i mean the, oh, it's just the way that I, I just it it frustrates me more than most because you know as as people have grown up with this you know, through the 80s 90s 2000s and so on and so forth mm-hmm. um the subtle changes have happened the whole way through. So you've been conditioned to the change to the point where you just think this is normal the whole way through. Yeah. but Because I spent so much time reading newspapers from 1908, 1920, 1930, where the article is just, there was a football game played on the weekend. This is everything that happened. Yeah. That's and it. And as, you, the... as
1: you've said to me that back then a lot of them didn't put their names to the articles because it wasn't about them. It was about them doing a job, covering a footy game.
0: That's right. They, and if they did put a name to it, it was an alias. Like, there was one called um, uh, I think Red Cap. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I can't remember. now. Yeah, there, was, there was quite a few there. And they just had this one word as their pen name, and that was it. So you never yeah. knew who they were. Just bang, that's them. Okay. The glorious League Freak. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Not dickheads like me who are going to put my name to everything. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Disgusting. I'm glad I'm above that, Andrew. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: But Uh, no, it's true, is that the the media today is more about the person writing it than the article itself. Until you get to a somewhat contentious story and the author knows oh, this might get a bit of criticism. And then it becomes written by staff writers.
1: Staff writer, yeah. that not that beautiful? And it's funny, like, when did they do it? They did it with, and I don't like bringing this up, but they did it with Sam Burgess when he had some off-field issues at the end yep. of last year. Um, and it was written staff writer, staff writer, staff writer. Um, and, yeah, that was the classic case that jumps out at me uh, in, in that regard.
0: Yep, they're most feared journalists and... You know, mm. bold and all this sort of stuff and then when they come out with a really tough um complicated piece like that that could be a bit touchy. Oh, it would stuff, right, I'm not putting my name to that. Exactly. Hands in the air, Ugh. not touch not touching that. Not mine. Yep. Take the, the old money for in
1: the air. it. They turn yeah. invisible.
0: Hands in the air, where I'm invisible. I'll take the money for it. <laughs> yes, sir. But don't put my bloody name to that thing. I don't want to, I don't want Sam coming after me, give giving me an abuse over the phone. Yeah, exactly. All sure. staff writer comes to comes to the fore. Um, now on to, we'll keep stay on the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Darius Boyd has come under fire from a lot of former Broncos um, players, saying that he should retire after his uh, season. Yeah. Now, before I get you onto this one, I wrote an article midway through the year at uh, on the Raw, and mm-hmm. I was looking at the key stats for Darius Boyd at fullback. You know, kick yep. return meters, runs, all that sort of stuff. And found that for the most part, his stats have been pretty consistent for the last two or three seasons. So mm-hmm. it's a perception as much as it is reality that he's forms down. Obviously his defense has been an atrocious issue. That's you don't need stats to tell you that. But his performance at fullback, running the ball back, um, that value he gives him off the first run was still strong this year as it was last year. My argument is though he is not good enough to be a fullback anymore. The fullback role has changed. You can't just be a ball runner anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's all he is. Um, So I argued even then, as I have for the rest of the year, that they should have said, okay, Darius, you're not a fullback anymore. We're going to put you on the wing. Because as we saw at origin level, he is a good finisher. He can score tries. He's one of those genuine try scoring wingers. Put him on the wing, he'll be fine. But they put him at 5'8", and you went, just why?
1: Well, and I feel as though Darius, his form tailed off um, midway through last year. And I I said last year that it was probably time for him to... I I just felt like he'd lost it, right? And it's probably, if he was going to retire, it was time for him to retire. And this year, I think through the whole season... To me, he hasn't. He, he's looked like his legs have, have gone. And that happens with every every single player. Happened with Clive Churchill, you know. Um, every player, at some point, your legs just go on you and that's it. Um, so I, I'm not here saying that he is... And I've said before, I think they need to drop him back to reserve grade. I'm not saying that he's a first grader. I'm not saying he's a, he's a top-of-the-line player anymore. But I find it absolutely disgusting when I see former players who have played for the Broncos coming out and saying that he should walk away from the rest of his contract, a contract that the club sat down and agreed to pay him, which is worth more than $1 million. Like they're telling him to walk away from something like $1.6 million which is absolutely outrageous. And they're all piling into him to do it. And I asked today on Twitter, where's the Rugby League Players Association who should be coming out and saying, hang on a second, the club signed a contract with Darius Boyd in a no single moment where he's being pressured to give up over a million dollars.
0: Exactly right. If he, if he does decide that, fair enough, then I'll walk away, then that club should pay every single cent he's owed to him. Yeah, it is
1: literally owed to him. Yeah. You know, they signed the contract too. It's not like Darius Boyd signed the contract and the Broncos had no control over it. They offered the contract to him and now they have to fulfill it. And we talk so much about, you know, loyalty in rugby league and this, that, and the other. It can't work the other way. When you decide, well, he's got, a, you know, he's got one point six million dollars left on his contract, and I just don't want to pay it to him anymore. So let's do a, a consorted media campaign to try and get him to pressure him to walk away. I just find it really disgusting, especially for former players to do it. You know, what, if it's some idiot media person, I, you know, who cares what they think? But for former players to be pressuring him to leave one point six million bucks on the table. I just find it disgusting.
0: I wonder how much of it is uh, a bit of envy. Like, you know, Sam Bacco and... Was it Sam Bacco? No, Greg Dowling, sorry. Greg Dowling. uh, Willie Kahn was another one. Steve Mm -hmm. Renoff. Yeah. None of those bucks would have been on a million bucks a year.
1: No. And, you know, Darius, his legs are gone. I'm not saying he's a first grader, but he he has earned that money that's his money it's no one's right to go up and and try and pressure him bu- publicly to walk away from that much money because they signed the contract and they have to honor it
0: and I Sorry. hope he
1: stays there and if they want to put him in reserve grade that's fine that's you know that's what I would probably but do i i generally think he would be fine
0: if they put him on the wing i, I don't, don't see, see how problem th- with that. yeah i don't see how there'd be drama it's not like they've got a they've got stunning wingers that would keep him out of the side either
1: no no i think he'd be completely fine on the wing he's been a representative winger played really well as a winger in at rep level
0: he's still safe under the high ball he can still do quick returns yep yep and it it just be wouldn't be in the spine which is where you need him to be is out of the way when in the team's attack
1: yep Uh, it's i just find it really gross the way that people are piling into him. And it's not about his football. His football has not been good this year. I'll be the first to admit that. But yeah, there's something really wrong with what I think we're seeing with this public pressure that's been applied to him. And I really do wonder where the Players Association is. How many times do we see these sorts of issues where the Players Association should be howling from the top of their lungs in defense of their own members and they're silent. What is that all about?
0: I've, I've been a little bit critical of the, uh, the RLPA, <clears throat> excuse me, in the past. Um, the first time was when Todd Carney was sacked by the sharks. Yeah. Um, cause the sharks then came out and said, you know, we're offering, offering him all the support he needs and counseling and whatnot to help deal with this. And I thought, Shouldn't that be the job of the RLPA to offer that?
1: Yeah, they should at least be there doing doing something along those lines.
0: Yeah, and um, I just got the impression that half the time it seems like all they do is collect their subs from the players, and then have occasional meetings. And yeah, I, try and chase money from the NRL. I don't know what else, what else they they're doing or what their what their authority is, what power they've got, but I'm. I feel like they are nowhere near as vocal as they should be. I
1: agree. I agree. And this is one instance where as soon as somebody muttered that he should give up $1.6 million, the RLPA should have been right in the front foot and said, no bloody way.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the whole point of them. We're here yeah. for the players. There's no way no one, any player should forfeit any money on any contract, no matter what their form is. It's a different story if they've um, brought the game into disrepute, if they've broken the law. Fair enough. We'll have a discussion then. That's a different bloody matter. Darius hasn't done that. He's just yeah. out of form. And he's not being helped by having a, a dimwit coach playing him out of position while out of form in the sp- Fine of all places don't put him in the halves with a rookie halfback how is that ever going to work yeah i don't get it
1: yeah i mean you could make a really good case that they set him up for failure in that regard um but yeah uh i feel sorry for darris i really do um i'm not his biggest fan like i'm not his biggest critic either no
0: but look but we, we've know... always thought of the way it is okay and if we're going to criticize a player it's either clearly mockery or it's because it's to do with their on-field performance, as it should be. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to sit there and tell him, mate, you're crap, you need to walk away from the game. You mm. say, you just shouldn't be in first grade anymore. Go back to and, reserves. Go on And the it win. sucks,
1: because every single player has at some point they run out there and it's it's just not there. And whether it's their desire, and I'm not questioning Darius' desire at all, I'm just talking in general. Sometimes it's their desire isn't there like they've just changed as a person where their priorities are different sometimes their desire is 100% there but physically their body just they can't do it anymore um, and I tend to feel as though it's a little bit that for Darius that he you know sometimes and I said this earlier in the year it's like he p- pushes that button his go button and there's just no response from his the engine you know um th-
0: it's Look, a sad think-
1: point for any professional athlete when they get there. And every single one of them gets there at some point. Every last one of them. And, uh, you know, i have I tell you another point where I stood up for Darius Boyd when he wouldn't talk to the media. And they badgered him for that as well. And I was like, he doesn't need to talk to the media. And they were saying, oh, he earns all this money. And it's like, yeah, he earns some money to play football. And he maybe could earn more money if he talked to the media. But he doesn't. He does what he wants to do. And that's his... That's his choice and I, yeah. I thought that was fantastic by Darius when he was doing all that
0: yeah look I, I mocked him for giving the, the dopey answers but I didn't oppose it go for it yeah, yeah. All your luck. I don't care but uh, I found it funny more than anything <laughs> um but look I wonder how much of this uh bad form of Darius does come down to the fact that he's got a new coach for the first time at club level um I know that seems easier to say, but it seems to be something that's getting forgotten. I think through his whole career, he's been the sort of player who needs a cuddle more than a kick in the backside. Mm-hmm. And I think Seabolt comes across as the sort of bloke who goes around booting everyone in the date. And I think that's part of the thing that Darius needs. He, he needs someone to come along and give him a cuddle, tell him that you're a really good fullback. And he goes out and proves it. Whereas if someone gives him a boot up the date and says, you're playing crap, he goes, oh crap. And just gets down in the dumps. And that's, this is not a criticism. There's people like this everywhere. Players, the elite mm. players, some of the poor players. Some need motivation. Some don't need it. Some just need to be told they're doing a good job.
1: Yeah. Some need it's, to be told you're playing. Some of the greatest players ever need to be told, you are playing the worst football of anyone on this team. You're losing games for us. And that's how they, you get the, it out of them. Yeah. Everyone's different. I remember... Um, there's a story, and I, I hope I'm getting the story right, but it's uh, about Alan Langer, and he used to throw up before games. Yep. And they, you know, there was one game he didn't throw up, and Wayne Bell pulled them in, and he said, "We're not going out until Alfie vomits." And they if he vomited. They went out. <laughs> so, Everyone's different. Everyone's yep. different.
0: That's right. And a good coach can figure out which players to cuddle and which ones to kick in the ass. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Seabold has. Been at that club long enough to know which players he needs to treat like that. I'd argue that he probably should know by now, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think he does. I would also yeah. say this: Darius
1: Boyd, at his very best, at the very peak of his career. If you said he's going to play five-eighth at club level for half a season, I don't think any good rugby league judge would be comfortable with that.
0: No, you know. No. Look, I'll, I'll put it this way, okay? I think Darius Boyd in, in the prime of his career was kind of like, style-wise, Valentine Holmes. You would not put Valentine Holmes at 5'8". No. He's just an out-and-out out one. That's all he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a a fullback or a winger, not even a centre. That's right. Yeah. That's all you'd have him as. And that that's where I'd place him. That's it at the absolute best of his career. And I still think that that's where he is now. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have him a fullback anymore. As I said, I'll, I'd put him on the wing. I think he'd be, he'd definitely be one of the Broncos two best wingers in the entire club. I don't definitely. think there's a, a, another rookie there that they're kicking him out of that position. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the interesting thing that I saw today was, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw someone saying that he needs to play 15 games next season. So as to activate, the final year in his contract, which is for the 2021 season, mm-hmm. and interestingly enough, he needs to play 14 games to reach 200 for the Broncos. And it got me wondering whether the Bro- whether the Broncos are gaining or what. Let's give him 14 games next year on the wing, and then thanks for your efforts, Darius. That's mm-hmm. their way out of the final year. Yeah, it'd
1: be cold. It'd
0: be cold it would if be they cold. did
1: that. Um. And we've we've seen that happen in different sports. I was talking to you uh, earlier about a uh, in the NBA. There was a Houston Rockets player they brought up from, their basically what is their reserve grade over there. Um, they call it the G League, and he played really really well. But if they had kept him in the top in the NBA team in the Rockets team. Um, his salary his salary would have changed because he wouldn't have been on a 10-day contract anymore and he would have had to have get, got an NBA contract and it would have messed with their salary cap. So they put him back down for, I think they put him back down for like a month or a month and a half or something and then brought him back towards the end of the year. And he lost a lot of money because of it and was really unhappy because of it, but it's business. And I would always say to a player, don't, ever sign a contract where you've got to play X number of games for something to kick in because the club, and they're well within their right to do this. The club can get you right to the end edge of that and then sit you down and say, Hey buddy, it's business. You signed the contract as well.
0: Exactly right. They'll exploit that if they can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's why Garrix has to get every cent that's owed to him because that contract works both
0: ways. There's no loyalty in the game. Everyone's got this, Weird, romanticised thing that, you know, players aren't loyal. As we've discussed in the Dennis Tuddy episode, clubs have never been loyal. No. And if they are, it's to specific players for specific reasons. But at the end of the day, loyalty has never been something that's been an ingrained thing in the game. It's either been forced by residential rules and, and the like and contracts. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, And it's it makes less, you know, loyalty doesn't actually make any sense on the business perspective either.
1: So that's Especially in a game,
0: like this is profession like
1: it started as professional rugby,
0: mm. you know.
1: It's not like it started out as, you know, loyalty rugby. <laughs> it's,
0: this it's, is right. It's,
1: it's a professional game. It has been since day one. And yep. you've got to yep. act like it you've got to be prepared for it and if you're not you know you're gonna
0: you're gonna be hurt that's right and the look the big currency in in professional sport is winning
1: yep and
0: if you if you're not winning,
1: you are the worst person in the whole world, yep. and that's how it works and you know the the thing that makes it better is the money. That's and right. So if you've got a contract for money, you get every last cent, Darius. I know you're listening to us, Darius. You sit them down, you look them in the eye and you say, hey, I'll play reserve grade, but you're going to give me my damn money.
0: Exactly right. You find a way to get to 15 games next year too, Darius.
1: Yeah. You, even if you've got a, you know, just ask, ask some of the teammates, hey, listen, let's go on, on the pokies, but you don't turn up. Yeah, so we'll go out all night on the pokies. Brisbane, we'll go to, what's that casino that's up, up there? Uh, Jupiter's? Jupiter's, you say, we'll oh, go to Jupiter's all night. And then they get dropped for being at Jupiter's casino.
0: Yeah, lock you the know. doors to the hotel room as soon as they leave. So they can't get yeah. back in. Yeah. Wake up in the morning go, oh, where did, where's everybody else? I'm here. I'm I've he- been a good boy. Mr. Seabole. Yeah. Where's my run on? exactly there you go Darius. we're doing our best to help you out champ (laughs) um now there was another story which uh which got mentioned in the media today and it was over uh elliot whitehead copped a a cut to his knee last Mm. weekend against the storm and i think i'm out on twitter and it was i showed a video of cameron smith talking to the referee and he said my my, da- my kids get bigger scratches than that at school. Are we seriously stopping Rugby League for this? Yes. Um, and
1: I agree with Cameron Smith, by the way.
0: What, we're stopping Rugby League for a little cut in the knee? Yeah. Uh, and then came out that Elliot Whitehead on his Instagram showed a video of the cut being uh, cleaned out with some uh, liquid, before, I dare say, it looks like it was probably big enough for him to get a few stitches in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonetheless, it's not a serious injury. It was yeah. funny how the media described it as
1: bloody and pussing. And when you watch the video, it's like that none of that's there. Like, I was expecting to see some chunks falling out, you know, and I was waiting, waiting. And I'm like, well, that just seems like an antiseptic solution that they're flushing it with, you know.
0: Yeah, they were just cleaning it out. Uh, they were just—they using a syringe to clean out his bloody gash. That's all it was. Yeah, and it, like it did look like a fair
1: gash. Um, it was a really good gash too. So yeah, how did he no. even
0: get that? Was it like a, a stray boot or? How did you get a, an injury like that? How do you
1: get a gash? I think it was. I I feel like no, there was a player that got cut.
0: Yeah, one one Raiders player got. The head accidentally hit a, a storm player as he was running away. And oh, caught it was one his
1: of his nose. Yeah, yeah it was caught one of
0: those. It? Yeah, caught one of those those blades on the nose and and mm. split the the point of his nose. And it was funny because I saw the the trainer comes on. He's just putting it dabbing it with a towel. I was looking going, mate, that's cartilage there. That's just going to bleed forever. Yeah, you're not exactly. going to stop it by just dabbing it with a towel. It's just going to keep bleeding. You just need to put some sort of um, some sort of cream or something over it and just hope that it stops at some point within the next 10 minutes.
1: Do you know they took him off with the HIA?
0: Which is crazy, but...
1: We, yeah. Like, we're not doctors. We weren't there, right? He might have... It might have been like... I don't know. He could have got a head injury from it. But it's when I watched
0: it, that... I was like, it was it's a cut.
1: Why is he need the HIA? Yeah,
0: it's more the fact I think all clubs now, whenever they see any form of facial injury, not yeah. a head knock, yeah. they will enact the HIA to get a freeze to change. And uh, this is going to lead me to a bit of a rant. How do you combat it? Okay. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Team doctors should be scrapped, right? Because their, their interest is the team and the player. And that's a conflict of interest. What they need to have is independent doctors and Their priority and sole priority is the player's welfare. That's it. I
1: feel like all doctors, right? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt say all doctors only ever have the player's best interest at heart. Okay? And I feel as though, I feel as though, like you could be a team doctor. and, And I just talked about any game. Right, We're not talking about any specific game. But I could see where a trainer, who is not a doctor, decides that a player needs to come off the field because of a HIA um, substitute. you know. And a doctor sees to that player and they say, they do the tests and it's like, well, this player's fine. The doctor hasn't actually been involved in making a decision like, to bring the player off on a HIA. That was the trainer. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the doctor's doctors involved in doing the test once he gets off the field.
0: Yeah. I think what needs to happen is, I think there's this weird system in the NRL, from what I've seen anyway, where if it's going to be HIA, it has to be called straight away. I can't see why they can't just call a HIA five minutes down the track. Um, the only time you're going to need to call a HIA if it's like the last five ten minutes of a game, but by then, most teams have already used up all their substitutions. Yeah,
1: it's it's so no, weird. So I, I don't th- I don't know how you combat it, though, because you really do want to make sure that the players get, and we, we've talked about the HIA a million times, and that they're pretty much useless, but um, you do want to give the players every chance if they are injured, you know?
0: Look, I, I'll put it this way. There should be... If a player is injured, first priority is get them off the field and treat them properly. Don't try and treat them on the field and patch them up. Yeah. Okay? But when you take them off the field, it doesn't count as a substitution until the doctors had a look at him and said, he's fine, he can resume to play, mm-hmm. or bang, he's injured, he can't go back. If he says he's injured, he can't go back, then it doesn't count as a substitution. If he's allowed to go back on, then it will count as one well when he goes back on the field, but not when he comes off.
1: I tell you what, it would make an interesting scenario if you did that right, where you could get a player who is substituted and they're suspected of a HIA issue, right? But if you're later in the game and you need that substitute, like you you you're making a lot of difficult issues for everybody involved like it all of a sudden instead of it just being a straight swap now all of a sudden it's like well if i rule this guy out and i guess it's the way it is now he's gone for the rest of the game but imagine if later on if they said well you can get a substitute back if you rule this player out like that could set up something that's a a tough issue as
0: well well perhaps reduce the number of interchanges to six then because then the, if, there's, if it's going to get exploited, it's only going to get exploited once or twice, which is just going to keep the game where it currently is.
1: Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't have the answer for it. Like, I don't know. I...
0: Well, the alternative is you go back to what we had in the, the 80s and 90s, where as soon as a player comes off the field, they can't go back on. That's it. Yeah. And I find that
1: difficult to go back to. I I, I can't imagine we can do that now without the game. is. Nice. Hello, El.
0: It did surprise like thing and it looks like a dinosaur, but it's a lizard. Wow. It's a lizard that's... and it's a green one. Okay, that's kind of the same thing. Nice. There we go. Um, yeah, the, the, I've got to have a look at this thing now. Yeah, the, this is yeah, good. Great... Did you make that yourself? Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. It's a green lizard. Yeah. Well, What's a well made out uh, it's, it's out of a kinder surprise. Yeah, oh, nice. The, the that's surprising. pretty cool. Well done, El. Do
1: you know that Kinder Surprise is banned in the United States?
0: Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, how weird's that? Yeah, but guns aren't. No, well,
1: (laughs) you don't don't have some of that lethal chocolate lying around while you're cleaning your guns around your kid, you know.
0: Think of all the people that those semi-automatic chocolates have killed. Yeah, it just happens. Anyway, we were talking about football, weren't we?
1: Yes, let's go back to football. Um, So Elliot Whitehead's gash. i tell you one thing I I would like to say is that I don't like what we're seeing in the game in terms of um, play being stopped for everything. I think it's being exploited now by teams, uh, especially when they're in a defensive position. We're seeing... um, trainers pulling up play when players do have literally a a cut that is, I mean, you look at Kotrick on the weekend, that was never going to be stopped on the field. He needed to go off to get that sorted out, but the game was stopped for a long time because of that. Um, So, yeah, I I don't like what's happening there, and I think that, and I I don't have the solution to it, but I think the NRL needs to look at some sort of steps that are in place in the off-season so that we don't see so many stoppages in play for players that could leave the field and get get fixed up, you know, get well, treated,
0: proper treatment. The HIA one is, it was always, I mean, first of all, it's it's woefully inept. It's nowhere near um, good enough. No. And it was always going to get exploited. And I said from the outset, one, one possible solution to stop it from being exploited is if a player is ruled to come off the field with a HIA, Mm-hmm. Uh, for a HIA, then no matter what, they do not return to the field whether they pass the test or not, and they yeah. also have to take the next the next game off as well to make sure they're f- as close to recovered as possible. Mm-hmm. So that automatically forces a team to go we can't rot the HIA system because we may lose a good player for, for this game and the next one. And yeah. so and then you then you've got the issue then where it swings back the other way and players are kept on the field when they've had a head knock. That's the issue you get there. Mm. So which is why I think you need to have less power at, with team doctors, and you need to have an independent doctor at the ground to say, no, he's concussed, he can't come back on. Yeah, and I think that they've got that, actually. I think the NRL has an appointed doctor
1: that they they do that sort of thing with yeah. now. They uh, need to have the authority
0: straight away. Um, yeah. I think if a player has taken a head knock, generally you can see it, Yep. They come straight off the field. We, mm-hmm. We're going to be in a situation where we cannot take risks like that anymore. Clubs have got to stop trying to, exp- to find loopholes around player injuries, especially head knocks, because they're going to become liable. And we've got a case at the moment with um, James McManus up at Newcastle, mm-hmm. where he's trying to sue the club for um, poorly poorly treating him when he had you know a few head knocks, and it led to him having to you know, force him into retirement. And he's currently, you know, putting together a case to sue the club. There's a fair chance he'll win that. And if he wins that, that should be the the boot up the arse that every club needs to go. You know, we need to stop trying to rot this system for our own benefit in a game because it could back to bite us
1: hard. I tell you the other thing too, and this is back to the players association. And I think of that, um, knock that, um, Oh, what's his name? Cronulla fullback that's no good. <laughs> oh, Moylan. <laughs> Moylan. He took a knock, uh, and yeah. it was one on the jaw from Sam Burgess, and he went limp. He was he hit the ground limp, and yeah. Burgess was put on report, and you could see everything, and Moylan was allowed to play on for about 10 to 15 minutes. And at the time, like... You could tell. I think we called that game, didn't we? I'm pretty we pretty, sure yeah. That game, yeah. And we were saying, like, why is Moylan still on? Like, he was out. And I don't understand why the Players Association doesn't scream to high heaven when there's issues like that because it's their members' health. Yeah. So like, I, I don't understand why that just is allowed to slide. Like, the Players Association is more than just sorting out the collective bargaining agreement and and doing things with the Men of League Foundation, the, I think that they need to be more active in the media, and I think that they need to really come out and be a voice for the players collectively more often because you just don't hear anything from them,
0: especially about their health. That's the thing though is as the the current directors on the RLPA are all current players, and to me that's that's part of the problem. Like, you need to have players on the board, but there's not enough people who are independent from the players or not enough people on there who are medical professionals who are there on the players' behalf about their actual physical, mental welfare.
1: Yeah, look, I know that the uh, NBA Players Association, they have current players run it, you know, and be the president of it and stuff like that. So it's, it's it's not... outrageous that it's that way right but um and i also think you've got a it would be very tempting in an organization like that to have the board oversee the players and not have too much representation of the players but then it's like well then you'd lose the players representation on their own you know their own board it's it's a funny situation but i think that one of the things that is going to be difficult for a player that's currently playing and training and all that to really keep an eye on all this sort of stuff and then to be able to come out and have a voice. like, And for it to not be seen as, you know, and say it's Cameron Smith. Oh, Cameron Smith is saying this, that, and the other about the Storm, the weekend's games and stuff. And then, oh, there's also Cameron Smith who's the player's representative, and he's also saying this is a person that is from the RLPA. It's it's a difficult dual situation that is really hard to juggle. I would suggest.
0: Yeah, there's uh there's so the current players that are directors on there are uh, and they're gonna have to have some boats soon because two of them have left the game. Uh, Wade Graham, James Maloney, Jeremy Lattimore, Joel Thompson, and Cameron Smith, who is the general president, mm-hmm. uh, former AFL Players Association. Um, director Ian Prendergast is the CEO and managing director. Mm-hmm. Deidre Anderson is the chair. Um, Nimesh Shah and are the other two directors on there. So it's it's sort of half players and half you know off field official type people or executives yeah. or whatever they are, but there's no. From what I can see anyway, I don't think there's any medical professionals in there. And I think they need at least one in there. Because this looks you... to be all about business side of things and not about welfare side of things.
1: Yeah, and you know, and I understand that there's been a need to go in that direction, the business side of things. And the players needed a strong voice in terms of getting the right collective bargaining agreement in place. And look, when they were discussing that, and there was one season, I can't remember what one it was, where they actually started the season without the CBA in place. And I said, they should strike. I was like, man, if these players are running out and they haven't got a CBA in place, they're doing they, that's the wrong thing. They need to just not play because that collective bargaining agreement would have been sorted out in a couple of hours if they'd done that. Um, but yeah, you know, and I'm not there. I'm not, you know, when they're making these decisions. And I think for the most part, the players and the Players Association... They do take into account that they've got a responsibility to a certain extent to the game to make sure it it doesn't get hurt by their actions and being too militant, which is really easy to do sometimes. But I do think that they need a little bit more of a voice.
0: Yeah, they are being too quiet at the moment and they need to get a bit more vocal. Yeah. Um, Yeah, can't agree more with that, mate. Uh, So... What else has been going on in the world of sport? You got any other big news? I feel like there
1: was one other thing we were going to talk about, and I can't remember what it was.
0: <laughs> can't have been that good. Um, can't have been massive. Yeah. Um, oh, there was a, there was a brief story about the um, Melbourne Storm recruitment. Their secret, oh yeah. Their secret recruiting system, which has been which is in the newspaper, so it's not really a secret
1: yeah it's like when they have this sec you know player a holds secret talks and it's like oh yeah, they're sitting out the front of a cafe. How secrets yeah. that supposed to be
0: yeah real real secrets yeah um, but yeah
1: I, I liked the i really like the um you know the big secret way of recruiting players it's yeah offering them contracts if they think they're good <laughs> exactly
0: uh, I have a quick gander to here at the teams that have been like, named for this weekend. Yep. So, for South, uh, Sam Burgess returns from suspension. Jaden Sewell's been dropped to reserves. Dane Gagai returns from injury. Uh, Campbell Graham will move to the wing. Corey Allen has been dropped. Tom Burgess starts a prop with brother George on the bench. Adam Dewey's been named a fullback and Alex Johnson on the wing. Okay. For Manly, Martin Tappé returns from suspension. Sean Kepi, uh moves to the bench. And simply drops to the Reggies. Storm versus Parramatta. Uh, Kane Evans returns from suspension at prop. With Alvaro returning to the bench and Ray Stone dropping out of the side. That is it.
1: Wow. That's everything. Yep. Okay, so yeah, Melbourne, that's
0: Melbourne Storm is unchanged. So Craig has not taken on your suggestion at all.
1: Wow. That's, I tell you what, if they... Go out in straight sets. It's it's probably going to have turned out to be the worst decision of Craig Bellamy's
0: career. I would suggest if they the, if they lose so in straight sets, mm-hmm. and Phil Gould comes along and does the review there because that's what he does now. Oh yeah, he just does reviews, yeah. And he finds that the reason why they failed in the finals is because Brodie Croft didn't get used at all. Uh-uh. how much? would you be willing to receive as payment to be the Melbourne Storm coach next year?
1: Um, Well, I am like an expert. I've also got my media career that I would have to um, probably walk away from to a certain extent. I wouldn't walk away from the podcast, though. I'd still do the podcast, but the commentary is obviously out. Um, I'd do it for 9.50, 950. You know, yeah, nine fifty. Get just give them that little bit of a discount. It's a good club, good player lineup. You got to start somewhere.
0: Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to lowball them too much either. That's true. That's true. But I reckon that
1: if I go in one in a million, which I'm obviously worth, but yeah, no, then it's it gets a little bit of a choice between me and some other people. But nine fifty, I reckon they're like, oh yeah, with uh. With his expertise in rugby league, definitely he's worth that. Let's get him on board. The only problem is I have to live in Melbourne. I don't know if I could do that. I'd have to yeah, travel down maybe.
0: It's a problem. It, it can be overcome so long as you bring your coffee machine.
1: Coffee, Just coffee and draw the draw the curtains. When I get home, just draw the curtains. Yeah. And and I'm you,
0: in you'll, you'll need a heater.
1: <laughs> All right and a uh an a full time
0: a full time medic to feed you every day to feed you antibiotics and penicillin to get over <laughs> all of the fucking viruses that you'll suffer throughout the okay. winter yeah um and a pool for when it gets to forty degrees in summertime
1: oh nice yeah, yeah. a pool i'd like you know what I'd like an in indoor pool hey
0: well yeah that'd be the best thing to do,
1: yeah, and I might get one of those um Get some Harvey Norman vouchers and get myself a boat while I'm down there. Might as well. Everyone else has one.
0: Well, I suppose that's that's always an option. Yeah, um, just go out the boat with the
1: boys. Like, oh, what are you doing on a weekend? I've got to be on my boat. Oh, man, what you good. should
0: do, if you've got an indoor pool, yeah. right, is get those get those windows where when you're on the inside, you can see out, but the people on the outside, they see a mirror when they try to look in. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, get those, and then every, every uh, Mad Monday... The boys just come around to your place. Yeah. And they can just wreak havoc.
1: That would be great. I love wreaking havoc, eh?
0: Yeah.
1: You know they what we
0: do? They could, they could get... all have a go with a hammer.
1: They're not <laughs> touching my hammer, all
0: right? <laughs> How dare you? I
1: was, I, I was thinking I could just set up one poker machine and they could play it until about 11 p.m. and then go home.
0: Well, you could just get a whole row of them. Get like... Get like 30 in there, one for every player. That'd be handy. They could all come in and play until 11.30 and then right, you just come out and just say, right, oh, fuck off you lot. Have my uh,
1: have my uh, my poker games where I keep losing money to the best <laughs> place team. Oh, yeah. I can't believe it. Oh, damn it. Brandon Smith, have I lost $350,000 to you th- tonight? Damn. Not again. How can I,
0: I be so bad at this poker snap game? Yeah. <laughs> I've got... I had I had like three or four pictures with pretty faces on them I thought that was good but I found out one was from like you know and oh, I don't know how you can't beat me at this game
1: I need to stop raising when I've got a pair of twos
0: <laughs> I'm going to stop going all in when I've got a two and a nine Yeah, <laughs> I keep thinking they're good numbers they'll come through for me one day but it never works damn it <laughs>
1: telling you losing losing poker games it's the way around it
0: well that's yeah it has to be you can't you can't lose on poker machines
1: see this po- is
0: poker machines are advice they're bad yeah poker machines are bad
1: but i tell you what when i buy the um the seagulls when i win the um lottery the 150 million dollar lottery and i buy the seagulls i'm gonna lose so many poker games i'm telling you mcnuggets look out mcnuggets you're getting paid, son. You are getting
0: paid. Just um, so yes, the the one hundred fifty. Let's let's have a quick chat about that while we've got the time here. One hundred fifty yeah. million dollars in Powerball this Thursday night. Yeah. Um, what what else would you do other than buy a manly? If you can't buy a manly, what else would you do in football world with that money?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I th- look. If I couldn't buy manly, if I, if they didn't allow me to do that, I. think... Think what I would do. Hmm. I haven't thought about this. Hey, so well, I let, don't think. Well, let's I'd make it fight. easy.
0: Let's 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 make it easy to say. What would you do with your club?
1: We well, yeah with with the Panthers. Yeah. Okay. I think what I would do. They've got a center of excellence, which is magnificent. They've got training facilities and everything. The only thing they really need is a, a new stadium. So I think what I would probably do is I'd probably go to Panthers and, and, and say, listen, we need council in here. They'd go and you know pick, pick up the phone, get the council, Penrith council in there, and just all of us sit around and say, listen, I got 150 million bucks to spend. I'm willing to to build something for 50 million bucks, whether it be a giant like or or part of a like a big what's it called like a development of some kind. Yep. But we need to do it all around. This. So basically, what I'll do is a singo. You know what Singo does up there on the Central Coast? He's got a lot of businesses and stuff around there. I'd do one of those in Penrith, and I'd say, let's all get together and let's get Gladys on the Gladys on the phone. Let's build a new stadium, boys. We'll, we'll build it. Where would we build it? Oh, you could build it. See, they're selling the Paceway. They're moving the Paceway at the back of Penrith, but I don't know if they've sold the ground. For developments or not, but you could build a stadium on the paceway and then where the current stadium is, you could do something there. Hmm. Units. Yeah, just heaps of units.
0: That'd be the plan.
1: Hmm. High high rise, high density. Um and I'd get the penthouse.
0: can I make a suggestion of one other thing you could do which wouldn't cost much money at all? What's that? Buy out Trent Barrett's contract.
1: He's not getting one cent of mine. He's going to be. Yeah,
0: um, what be, I'm getting at, what I'm getting yeah. at is, um, he's going to be coaching at Penrith next year at some capacity. I'm suggesting yeah. pay him out and tell him to go somewhere else. That go so he's got. Just, so he's got yeah, no involvement yeah. with your club whatsoever.
1: That'd be nice. <laughs> I tell you one thing, I've always said that I would love to do if I won that much money, right? Because I, I would have a compound. And it would be at the back of Penrith somewhere, maybe Castle Ray or something. So I'd have this compound, big fences and stuff like that. I have said that one one year, if Sydney City Council wants to spend ten million bucks on fireworks, I'm going to spend twelve, just so I can say the biggest fireworks that have ever been done in Australia is done at Castle Ray, and so that all of those dickheads at, at Sydney City Council. Can take second fiddle to out the back of Castle Ray because I've got the real fireworks event. That'd be so cool. <laughs> I tell you some other things I'd do with money. This is this is going off the rails hard. I've I would have a um basically a big dirt paddock where I would smash cars up like and I would have a monster truck and I would drive over cars like I'd just go to car yards and scrap metal places anything and put the cars out the back and know set them on fire and drive over them on my monster truck just because i could uh what else would i have i'd like to have a a uh like a uh, Clydesdale horse hey
0: mm-hmm.
1: just own one i just okay. want to own, own a Clydesdale i'd be a bit scared of it i mean imagine a Clydesdale kick you now to kick you across the world if it was angry at you but yeah i want to get a Clydesdale horse um and then after that everything else is basically just alleged behavior that i'd be yeah. involved
0: in. we which we won't get into because if you do win it and that stuff happens we don't want to leave a trail of evidence exactly yeah.
1: exactly but none of anything that you hear that i did that was weird i didn't do it
0: no that was definitely not you nah nah there you go i'd uh i'd start out noble so i'd yeah. i'd Buy back Balmain's fifty percent share in the West Tigers, yeah. on the prov- on the proviso that they set up a home ground for all of their games to be played at either Liverpool or Campbelltown. Oh wow! And they can play two games a year at Leichhardt and that's it. Okay, that's interesting. So you, that'd be. I wonder uh, how
1: much you could buy Leichhardt over for. It's probably got to, it's got to be more than one hundred
0: and fifty. That much ground in Sydney. Yeah, oh, it, it'd be worth a fair whack. Yeah, because I think the council owns it too. So oh, they the, they wouldn't be likely to let go of that in a hurry, especially where it's located. I, I, hang on a second, is it a Labor council? I think it might be Greens actually.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, you're, you're not getting it.
0: <laughs> you're not getting it because they. Yeah. I know in the past that was a, there. Were, I think there was a Green council there, and they refused to let any. Maintenance work be done on the normal Atcham stand because it's, I think it's been um, condemned due to all of the white ants in it. Yeah. And so, one thing I'd like to do is get that completely fixed up so you can actually use it again, so you can actually have, you know, a possibility of getting 20,000 crowds there. That would be good. Yeah. So that'd be, and you wouldn't have to, I'm not talking about changing it and putting in modern city stuff like that, just fix it up so you can actually sit in it. Yeah. That'd would you amazing. have?
1: Would you build a helicopter pad so that you could helicopter in for games for yourself? Oh, tempting. Because I I'd would be... have. I would definitely have a, a <laughs> chopper and a chopper pilot. Because
0: you know, I might need a kidney. This is very true. I think there's there's a valid point for that. Um, I don't know if I'd go with a chopper or, or a private jet. Oh, you'd go more the like the G five. Yeah, I think that might be a better option. It's a bit smoother. Have you yeah. have you been on a helicopter? I have
1: actually. I took a I took a chopper from um, when I was in Queensland. I went from Airlie. We took a chopper over to Whitehaven Beach. Landed on the beach. Nice. Yeah, I should say that I've got videos and pictures from it. It's bloody amazing. One of the best things I've ever done. Saw some whales in the water um absolutely beautiful oh my goodness being up there is just and whitehaven beach is just like paradise it's like uh what you would think heaven would be
0: it's nothing like the whitehaven in the uk
1: it's basically the if you think of whitehaven in the uk right <laughs> but imagine it near the ocean and then the complete opposite of that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. you think of absolutely nothing to do with whitehaven in the UK. Yeah. Now you're getting there. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up a pretty pretty damn good episode, to be honest. Uh, ten out of ten. Ten what out of reckon? ten. Yeah. That that's our bare minimum these days. Yeah. Uh, now, what about plugs? We got plugs to Yeah, do. I was, was going to get into that. and shout out? Some plugs? Any emails?
1: We did actually get an email. Bullshit. Now that you mention it. Uh,
0: we had an email. Yes.
1: Yeah, we was this was day.
0: this was this someone selling us SEO?
1: No, that person got in touch with me again today because I didn't get straight back to them. It was kind of weird. Uh oh. we had an email from let me find it. No, no, no. Had a lot of emails recently from people trying to sell me stuff. We had an email from uh Christopher Kilismanis. Manis. I hope I'm saying his name right what i'll i'll read that to you when we get off air though because he suggested an episode for the podcast it sounds pretty interesting so we might um bring that up in the next episode because it's a really it's a long email so it'll be a good one to bring up but yeah so we haven't christopher we haven't forgot your email um but we'll bring it up in the next podcast
0: sounds good uh any shout outs?
1: Yeah, starting block, drop the K at the end. Follow them. They're very good. Um, Follow Nadine, follow Rich Cranium, follow Arabella. um, Boogie Bumper. Boogie Bumper. Basically, anybody that we reply to, just follow them. We reply to good people on both of our Twitter lists. Um, It's really good.
0: Absolutely. Mm All righty. Well, on that magnificent, glorious note, We'll uh, round this one up. Any final words?
1: Yeah, just, uh, you know, any objects in mirrors will appear closer than they actually are.